This podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Go to patreon.com slash today to help us continue creating new content for the Dark Age of Camelot community. That's patreon.com slash Here's this week's State of the Game. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's State of the Game. It is uh, Tuesday, January 12th, 2021, and we're here to talk about uh, all the news, rumors, events, classic server. I mean, we're here to cover a lot. We're talking about a lot of different stuff tonight. We've also we're joined by um, a friend of the stream and somebody that I just ran with a few minutes ago who asked to stay on. Uh, Bammers is here. Say hi, Bammers, to everyone. Hello, how you doing, everybody? And Bammers is going to be joining us and talking about uh, some of these things too. Uh, our first guest of the state of the game. The first thing we're going to talk about is events, and this is something that I wanted to stay focused on. I wanted to talk uh, in depth about because it's a conversation that gets brought up time and time again. Do we want? Does the do, does the population right want? Uh, events that are like the bog standard events that the community accuses brought sort of like copying and pasting which i can assure you they don't do there's always some tweaks and some changes uh, to them but do we want those uh, standard events uh, you know seasonally do we want to see broadsword focus on something that's more in depth do we want more complex events this is a question that is uh, is asked a lot because I don't know the answer to this, right? For me, I've talked about wanting to see dynamic events over and over and over again. I feel like I've beat a dead horse on this topic. You know, I want to see the devs go in and run these events. I want to see them uh, manipulate the complexity of them, uh, change them and scale them based on how many players there are and what the objective might be. But, you know, that takes a lot of resources. It takes a, a ton of resources for the developers to shy away or, or stray away from what they've been doing, especially on work in the classic server, which we'll talk about and go roll these events out. I, I pose that to the chat. AK Extraterrestrial says monthly events, bring it on. So this would be a departure from what's happened up until this point, right? You know, are, are there certain kinds of events that we want to see as a community that, uh, you know, maybe a, a appeal to different uh, you know, player bases. So actually to Bammers, I have this question. Uh, you, you saw the, the Doppel event, right. That, that was going on, uh, over the, uh, over the summer or towards like, I guess like uh, late summer, early fall. And you've seen some of the other events that they've done, like the ghost keep and stuff. What do you, what do you think is the best kind of event that appeals to solos and small mans out there? So the Doppel events kind of a weird one for me because I both loved and hated the Doppel event. Um, I, I absolutely loved it because it brought solo action like there was no tomorrow. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere without fighting solos trying to kill doppels because solo people could get 1200 plus round points from one kill. So if you just did doppel loops the whole time, you'd run into people to fight as well as doppelgangers that are getting you ridiculous numbers of round points. You could average 55, 60k an hour with no kills, just doppels. And that's kind of where I ran into the issue of loving and hating it because You'd have people like me who didn't even bother killing the doppels. We just hunted the doppel hunters, essentially. And then you had other people who tried to hide from RBR and make round points off of the doppels. So that one was a weird one for me because I, I loved the event in terms of what it brought to the game as in terms of tons of opportunity for solo small man f uh, action with the doppelgangers. But I really disliked how you'd have people like Wushu or however you pronounce that 
player's name who was making like two million round points a week from doing nothing but double kills he'd have like six kills total for the whole week and he'd have two million round points so there was like there was some ups and downs to it i do think that that was a great event and i loved that there was some sort of incentive to go out there and and, and play on in smaller numbers because then you don't really get those round points in a bg but on a smaller a smaller uh scale they actually add up pretty quickly i love that event the the ghost event I personally can't stand. I really dislike that event because I don't like what it does to the action. I find it to typically turn it into a super zergy action for me. Um, I, I don't think you were. Thought. Yeah, I don't think you were alone there. The, the the common thread I got out of the the most recent that Dragon Keep Ghost thing uh, was the Zergs got tired of it pretty quickly. It it, it had been popular uh, over the last couple of years, last few years that they've done it, but this year felt different. It felt like something had changed. And I don't know exactly what that was. I think there's also the fact that like the number one reason that I looked forward to it was simply for the um, for the for the ghostly metal of valor. But it's to the I'm to the point now in the game where I don't actually like need any of those. So like before it was like something that I hugely looked forward to. But with it being the exact same item every single year, you know, if you're like me, and you've been playing for years and years and years. That no longer becomes something you look forward to. Instead, it's like you look forward to the event itself. And with the event itself, it's like as a solo small man eight man player it's not very fun to even go close to like crim um burke or any of those keys because there's just so many zergs and big numbers there and a lot of the eight mans are just floating the zergs so you can't even go have av8 fights and it's just like to me it really wasn't a fun event like i, I ended up taking like over a week-long break through that event um just because of the the way the action was during that time period I'm not against events. I actually think that they bring so much to the game. And for a, especially for a, a, the first week or two, they're insanely fun. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I think that's a good talking point is uh, is the duration of these events. If you keep them too long, they get very, very uh, stale almost for me, um, or they end up becoming more of a problem for me than a, than a solution. So Sovereign in chat says, I'd love to see them give it a shot. At this point in the game, they shouldn't be afraid to try things such as this. If they don't work out, they can always do away with them. Pronder says, I think the seasonal events are fun and part of what um, I as a longtime player enjoy seeing, uh, but I'd like Me to too. see them mix up with the rewards. Yep, for sure. Uh, Same here. You eat beans, the only one. Yes, that's um, a fantastic uh, Twitch username in chat. Says BG events were always fun. Um, and Pronder says, I'd like to see dev events led monthly. Uh, also, um, I mean, extraterrestrial, I think, said the same thing. Uh, something earlier. else to add, like there and I know I'm not trying to you know, name any specific servers, but there are other servers who have done these events. And oftentimes I've seen even very recently that you, you'll have people who from live servers who leave live servers to go to that event. And as soon as that event is over, they come right back. Right. So, I mean, if you have that ability to, to do the exact same thing but on this server i have a feeling there's a lot of people who would come from these other servers try it out end up falling in love with this this version of the game and continue on with that sub and and trying to continue on on the live servers and i think that that would be the dynamic events would be a great way to encourage people to come and, and try out just new players in general not even just making it fun for for the the people who are playing currently but giving an opportunity for new players to come in and experience the game yeah, AK Extraterrestrial says, I'd like to see them once a month, a mix of the seasonal classics, but mix in dynamic events such as BG events being open to different levels with bonuses. Um, very similar to what some of the shards are doing. Uh, uh, put some new ML10 loot in the game, open the portals permanently and watch the BGs float in and out to hit one another. 
Pendragon style bracers on the Celestial boss, maybe. Gear Bunny Classic says, I think the idea has merit, but it would be up to Broadsword to implement unless you think it's something players could do on a regular basis. And then Juniper Star says, the Free Shard had an event over the weekend. Yeah, we're not going to really talk about that, but uh, Juniper seemed to enjoy it. Um, Juniper says um, live that they're a live fanatic. No reason Broadsword couldn't uh, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing here, recreate it. Um, I, I did see on the flip side, uh, there was quite a bit of criticism on Reddit and on some of the websites about some of the difficulty people were having on that event. So I think it was, you know, although we're not going to talk about it in depth, I feel like, uh, you know, your results may have varied a bit. Um, I'm, I'm not referring um, Gear Bunny Classic. Uh, I'm not referring necessarily to player run events. I think it has to be done at, at a development level. But I'm thinking more along the lines of um, events that are catered to a particular play style, um, you know, that don't necessarily ruin the fun. As Bammer said, you know, the doppels were kind of one of these things where different people got different things out of it. Um, and in some cases it was bad. In some cases it was, you know, some people really did quite well from it. Um, but it, it's about the uh, the level of intensity that it would be required for the developers to actually step in and and build this kind of dynamic event, right? That really caters to a particular play type or play style. In regards to the double event, yeah. just to add one more thing. Like I said, I'm not complaining about the event. I actually loved the event a lot. I was just saying that I think that there are other ways of encouraging um, you know, people to go out on smaller scales like they were doing without it being uh, encouraging people to uh, from hiding from fights, which is what I was finding frustrating was people who would like, you'd see like a ranger who would be shooting doppels and if you showed up on him, he would just speed face shift to the closest tower. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff where they wouldn't even try and fight. That's all I was saying was I found irritating, but the, the event itself was a lot of fun. Sure. Yeah, I, I wonder um, if it's, you know, more of those kinds of events I don't know if chat has, and this is something that we can talk about in a future state of the game too, whether there are, you know, other kinds of events, specifically some ideas that we should bring forward to Broadsword and offer up. Not that they, you know, maybe maybe they've thought about this already. I'm sure they have, but I don't think it's a terrible idea for us to think as a community to brainstorm what kinds of events, whether they're more doppel-like where they're drawing action to a particular location in the game, whether they're dynamic and they change quite frequently, I, I don't know what um, what that means or, or, or what what those events would look like. And I think it's you know the player community oftentimes has some of the best ideas. It's just it's a it's a matter of numbers, right? Like there's just so many people in the game that are playing a lot of really smart people in the game. The developers get it right a lot, but sometimes it's you know it it it's an idea from the player base that sort of you know, pushes something along. And so we should we should talk about this. Fueled says make the solo road quest uh, repeatable would encourage more solos. Small man's looking for solos. Agreed. Um, that is a great idea. Lozer says, I actually like the temp pickish camps. Uh, they were nice for power leveling when they had that. I saw surgeon players active. Sovereign says um, uh, he, he says there are other ways to encourage small man action. I think that's referring to you, Bammers. I'd like to hear some ideas that Bammers might have. So actually, that's a great question, Bammers. Is there a particular event, something that you think would draw people to small man or solo? Okay, so for example, um, something along the lines of similar to a solo quest, but doing something along the lines of where you would have like a, a quest reward or whatever. Like, I know it sounds kind of gruesome, but like 
get collect skulls or something like that of killing people but you can only get the skull if you got killed them one-on-one -on -one or something like that and then those skulls could be turned in for like bounty points or something along those lines where you encouraged or even realm points either way would work but that would that would encourage fighting people and not mobs to get realm points or something along those lines i mean that's a very very quick off top of the head idea but something along those lines where you'd have some form some way of encouraging fights between one-on-one -on -one players and you could even make it you know small mans or something along those lines too it's like you know eight or smaller would be great but just some something that would break up the monotony of you know the same people running in the same bg every single night giving other players an opportunity to go into smaller numbers and still have fun something along those lines would so, be so a, essentially doing encourage encourage the, the the breakups of these larger bgs and larger zergs exactly i don't have a problem with zergs by the way i don't want that to be the, the sure what, yeah. what it sounds like for me i i, I think zerging is a great thing for the game i was just saying that I think uh, I think for a lot of people it would break up monotony, and I think that's a, a, a very common problem for a lot of players nowadays. Juniper Star says uh, when they're at the game buff in specific locations uh, that rotated every few hours uh, is similar to Doppelganger's key. So that's a that's a great point. Um, the idea of uh, 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 locations changing uh, uh, pretty frequently, right? Getting people to go to different areas, people moving. I've I've always felt. Um, and I've talked about this, you know, re-rescue and with other Zergs that like to sit. Um, Zyreman, towards the end of Zyreman's tenure on Uane, was a, a great example of this. But just getting people moving from point A to point B, even if it means you're tower hopping or keep hopping. The, the you know, I, I the idea of like a little, not that, not that I want Broadsword to build a, a DAOC Fitbit, right? But the idea of like more steps equal more action. If you're out moving around, there's a chance that you're going to run into something. And there's a chance that you're going to get better as a player, get better as a group, get better as a Zerg um, and earn RPs, which is really important for PvP progression in the game. And something like locations changing with, with the way Bug used to, but do it with maybe these the skulls right where you get credit um if you get a kill either one-on-one -on -one or if it's you know versus a, a number that's equal or smaller something like that that's a really great idea it would also i think if you do the if you it did something like the skull the skull idea the bammers is putting forward but made it in a way that you know killing numbers that were smaller than you was prohibitive right it did not give you the reward for the quest that might actually encourage zergs and these larger bgs to break up and 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 you know here, here's the other the piece of it that i keep hammering every single week a, a zerg is only as good as the eight mans that compile the like the complete the zerg right very true if you don't have good group compositions and eight mans that form the zerg your zerg is going to be trash and that's just the way it is if you don't have speed heals and dps and cc right if you don't have like the the basic components of every solid group composition that exists in the game, if you don't have that at a very basic level, the Zerg is going to fail. You're going to die to everything, even a single group. So the more you encourage players, and I'm not suggesting that like Zerging and large BGs to me is a, a, a crucial component of DAOC and has been from day one. Anybody that says otherwise is lying to you and doesn't understand the structure of the game. But being able to break up these BGs, being able to break up Zergs for an event like this and encourage them to run smaller numbers, they gain skill as a result. You gain skill when you run an eights. You learn proper group composition. And then when the event's over, the B 
BG is even stronger. I just I feel like that is so important, and it's something that we miss um, on the on the servers time and time again. We miss that conversation about how important it is. I agree entirely. Uh, Extraterrestrial said it'd be awesome to be honest. Just a regional shout that says the spirit of King Arthur has been spotted near uh, Benowick uh, fight under his gaze to gain his favor, something like that. Um, then there's big bonuses there, scaling bonuses to your group size. And then Arthur's presence fades away a few minutes later as he's spotted elsewhere. Um, he's, uh, Extraterrestrial says he's pitballing here, of course. Yeah, but those are all great ideas. Uh, you eat beans, the only one. Me about mainlands? No, it shouldn't be smaller. It's needed for Zergs, and I love Zerging too. Uh, Pronder says, uh, could make a quest that gives bonus for taking things or killing things in different locations. Uh, Fueled actually brings up a really interesting topic, which is, do you think the mainland frontiers are too big or need to be scaled back? So I'll give my opinion, and then I actually I really want to hear what Bammers has to think about this. So I the the for the population as it stands right now, I think frontiers is too big. That doesn't mean that it, it, it's it that doesn't mean that they need to like necessarily scale it down immediately right frontiers is great because of the the revamp of agramon now ellen vannon it consolidates a lot of the action into a centralized location and it's pretty easy now with the return of the cups hammers and trees to be able to see where players are moving from one point to another with that being said i do think nf if the population stays the same which by the way it's not bad you shouldn't like go somewhere else you should totally sub to live and play live but i think with the population as it is right now i think scaling it down a little bit would be good the issue with that at least in my opinion is that it takes a huge amount of development resources away from things like the classic server which we're going to talk about and a whole bunch of other event stuff that we want to do and is that really like what we want Okay, rant off. Bammers, tell me what you think. Should should Frontiers be as big as it is now, or should they shrink it? So it's a little hit or miss for me on this one, because, and a lot of people aren't going to agree with this statement, but I personally think that they're it's actually like the perfect size. If anything, I think that, the, I, I don't think anything should change, because from what I've learned in, my, in, in the time playing, especially in the AV8 scene and the Zerg scene, you can learn there's a level of skill that's involved in seeing where the BG is, learning where groups are at. And, you know, whenever I run with a group, you know, a, a higher end group like IRC, they know where everyone is 24 seven because of the, the cups. And when you have seven, eight people in a group who are all paying a lot, like really good attention to the maps and seeing where cups are loading, where hammers are loading, where trees are loading, you know where stuff is at all times. And there's not, you know, three, four, even up to 10 minutes where you don't find a fight ever. When you're running with some of these high, these better groups, because the moment it's something, you know, a tree lights a tower or something, we're porting, we're headed straight to it. It's like there's a level of skill involved in learning that kind of stuff. I can't do that if I get into a normal pickup group. It takes a level of skill of, as a group to learn how that's set up and how to play that. And I think that's actually good for the game because that encourages people to get better at, you know, learning the map, learning the layout of the of the of the land almost, and encouraging people to to grow as a player and get better as a player. And I think that's great for the game. But not everybody's going to agree with that mindset because a lot of people do believe that it's too big for the size. But from like I was saying, from my experience, a lot of these higher end groups are already finding fights and every five minutes. And when they're when they're making the round points they're making, do you really want to skyrocket how many more they're making it by making a smaller map where they have fights every 30 seconds? You know what I mean? I don't know that that's all that great of a thing to do, especially sure. if it pulls half the development power away from something else that could encourage bigger, you know, increases to the game. That's just my theory, though. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, 100%. I, I think it, it is a, it to me, it is a major concern about, um, about development resources, right? And what that looks like. I, I don't, I, I would, I'm very, um, I'm very concerned about asking, well, first off, Broadsword's not going to do anything that I think takes them away from their business plan as it stands right now. I just don't see that happening. I mean, we can ask and we can yell and shout and scream and protest in our front yards as much as we want, but I don't think, nor do I think they should change anything. I am, I, I do want to see like the current roadmap of development. I, I would like to see brought to fruition. I think that's really important. And again, we are, I promise you, for those who are watching and listening, we are going to talk about classic in a minute, but I thought this was important to cover. Um, let's see here. So uh, extraterrestrial says uh, that he agrees in his opinion. It's too big for the current population. It'd be great if they made an invisible wall, uh, like or created invisible wall, the wall off certain uh, new frontier zones. And then if population goes up, they can reopen them, rotate which ones are available. Lozer says rather referring to IRC, they know all of the names of the areas and where to watch for death spam. That's also really important, right? Tracking down action is is knowing what like what SMI is, right? And what some of these other these bridgeheads and, and these other uh, s- smaller locations so that you can find the action in the event that it doesn't generate a sword. But that's what I was trying to, to reference because with with time, you have to take the time and effort to learn those locations and learn that, that there's a level of skill and, and commitment involved in trying to make yourself a, a more valuable player in that sense. And that's kind of what I was referring to with time and effort, you can turn yourself into being able to get fights very regularly and making hundreds of thousands of round points an hour. You can do that with the time and commitment. And I think that that's uh, a pro for the game, the ability to to learn and, and try and make yourself a, a more valuable and better player overall. I oh, think sure. that encourages good over bad. Um, and I, I pulled up on the stream here. There's a great website, uh, volmerwolf.com. Um, I will include this in the show notes, but... Uh, a great site where you can look at all of the maps um, with all of these smaller names in the event that you don't necessarily know where these where the spam is. Um, you could create a little cheat sheet um, and go through. There are for every uh, area, um, including um, including mid and hib and alb. Uh, there are uh, little, you know, the little location names that I think are really important to reference and and, and something important to learn, too. Um, Sovereign says, I don't think they should reduce the size of new frontiers for one. Uh, what Bammers was saying about higher two groups being able to easily hunt down other players. And I would extend that to larger Zergs. Smaller Zergs need the distance to try and set up wherever they uh, try to be at a camp tower or keep. Ponder says with speed six, it doesn't take a year to go from one end to the other. That's also true. Access to speed has has increased over the course of time in the game, which has made it a lot easier. Um while Lonely says, um, if you reduce the zone, you kill the extra area you have, so 8v8 can actually flourish. Interesting topic. Let's move on um, to to the next one, which is uh, talking about this state of the game. The question is, you talk about BG game styles in your state of the games plenty of times. I do appreciate it, and it's important, but would be nice to hit up other game styles in terms of activity to talk about the lack of groups these days. Um, seems to diminish more and more corset groups stopping and pugs being really rare at us uh, EU prime times with Zergs out the classic eights same as soloing became way less popular during prime times. What do you think could and should be done to encourage that or should primes be all about BGs? Thank you. Um, so to answer that last question, no, 
primes should not be all about BGs. There are different kinds of players. And if you've watched my other state of the games, I apologize. Put me on mute for a few minutes or a minute rather, because I'm going to talk about this. But there are different just like any other MMO, any other type of game. There are different kinds of people that play or different you know, people that play for different reasons. Right. So at a very basic level, you've got folks that log in for the social aspect of the game. And keep in mind that people can cross between these different play sets, right? Or these different play styles. One is people log in for social hour. They don't really do anything other than just connect with people, which is really important, especially during a global pandemic. But at a very basic level, they just log in to chat and catch up with friends that they they, they played with for, in some cases, 20 years or close to. Then you've got uh, casual players that uh, don't really play competitively. They might run in a group or they more than likely run in a Zerg. And maybe they don't fully understand their tune or fully understand good group compositions, but they just go out and they like to smash a button and and they get a, they get, you know, a level of excitement out of going out and just seeing spell effects and being part of it. Even if they die, they think that that's really cool. And those players, by the way, are super important to the game. Very, very important for a whole host of reasons. Then you've got um, the competitive Zergers that Zerg every single night. They are not just they like they they do understand good group composition. Uh, they understand what their role is in a BG. They know how to assist. Um, they're not just going to run out in a pug group and die. And then you go from there to more competitive players that are in BGs, but you could pull out and, and they could be uber competitive in an eight man and do really well. The more competitive groups, which eight man pretty much exclusively, but will also run in BGs. And then the elite players, which is really just the zoo crew right now. And and maybe a couple people that float in and out of the game. The uber competitive eight mans that I'm talking about are not always like the elite players, right? I'm talking about and it doesn't mean that they can't hold their own by any stretch. I'm trying to put them down, but um, there are a number of eight mans that run out and about on a regular basis that are just just fundamentally not at the same not at the same competitive level as zoo and IRC. It doesn't make them bad players. You have to have all of those different kinds of people to make action worth it. You need to have the people that just log in and socialize. You have to have the people that run out and feel like they're contributing all the way up to the the groups that can add to a fight when they're only eight and kill 30 or 40 people. You need all of those components. I do not think that primetime should be all about BGs. That's my roundabout way of saying it. I do not think that EU and US primetime should be as dependent on Zergs as they are. Zerging is very important and Zergs should never go away. They should not. We should not discourage Zerging, but we need to encourage smaller groups, eights, smallies and soloers, really. Although soloers tend to be in a different class because they're somewhat independent. They don't always run in groups or always run in Zergs. And that kind of mindset is really important. What do I think we could do to encourage that? The variety of action, the variety of play styles. I think events are important. I think um, getting people to commit to running regular eights is really important. I also think there are a ton of people that Zerg or run in BGs that don't understand how much fun it is to eight man. And maybe Bammers can talk about this part of it because they they just miss they they might not have ever done it or run in a competitive eight man that has like killed 16 before. Right. Or 
you know, 24 players, three groups, you know, and the, the thrill that you get out of that, just like the thrill when you get your first 1v3 kill. If if you've never been fed that as like kind of like a drug in a way, maybe you if you do it one time and you get that thrill, you might want to do it more. So Bammers, over to you. Tell me what uh, what you think we should do in order to uh, encourage different play styles and, and eight mans and small mans and solos going out. I mean, I think the way you described it was excellent. That the Dark Age is a drug. I mean, the the more you encourage this kind of stuff, the more people want to come back and do it again. And I think I think you're absolutely right. There's not enough encouragement, in my opinion, anyway, to go to these 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 BGs and stuff like that, and and try and make something. Or, I'm sorry, leave these BGs and try and join you know competitive eight mans and learn that kind of play style. And I mean, you also get to the point where when you once you have that like even in our in our run today you you were if you were here you were listening to me and ross talk and i i said earlier it doesn't matter if there's triple my numbers i'm flying in because there's no better feeling in the world than hitting someone triple your numbers and coming out on top and that adrenaline rush is just like a drug you want to do it over and over and over again even though you probably shouldn't and so what ends up happening is people people like me who have you know tried that 10 times well when you have those one to two runs that are successful it's such an exciting experiment i mean experience that you just you love it and you want to go back to it i don't like running eight mans very much but there's no better feeling in the world than grouping with a good eight man who's who's able to like hit a bg even if they die and take 30 with them that makes it fun for me because typical eight eight v eight action i i have trouble keep trouble keeping um keeping my head straight I, I like to chat more than anything else and i just get distracted but when it comes to the actual act of fighting, there's no more fun in the game than going after these larger numbers. And you can't do that as a solo player. I think that's a common reason a lot of people feel like they need the big numbers so they can beat other big numbers. And I don't think that's the case. I think you can encourage the same level of fun, but doing it in smaller numbers, just with higher skill levels. And you can do that in your own way by growing that ability in yourself, if that makes sense. And I think encouraging these multiple playstyles is a great way to do that. Like Ramick was saying, and he's absolutely correct. The best, the best um, BGs are the ones that have the strongest eight mans in them because those eight mans make the biggest impact on fights. I mean, I hate to say it, but there's been multiple nights where you'd have, you know, Creepers group, for example, on Hibland, and they're running with the BG, and if they're if they're working with the BG, they'll wipe the Alb or mid BG repeatedly just because they've got that great assist train going. Who knows what they're doing and you don't gain that without having a group that's willing to run and, and practice together and learn the game on a more individual level than on the you know the large scale of things. You have to have every level to make it competitive. So there, there's an interesting uh, topic that keeps being, or, or a point that keeps being brought up in chat, which is uh, um, Sovereign and uh, uh, Jop uh, Gwyn has have, have talked about this too. People need to start stepping up and forming groups. Um, also, uh, or who was it that just said, um, oh, Lozer. Sorry, Lozer and Sovereign. I'll get back to uh, Jopquin's question. Uh, Lozer and Sovereign are both pointing out that um, that quote unquote lower skilled, right? And I, I don't want to throw people under the bus. It's just it's it's a. I, I have no doubt in my mind that people who play casually could in fact be uber competitive. It's usually a, not always, <laughs> but it's usually a choice that gets made. Right. It's usually a choice about whether you have the time and the resources to become that kind of player. It's not like you're born with it. There's just Agreed. 
they're, you know, and just like any other game, you go to Apex Legends, you go to Fortnite, you go to WoW, doesn't really matter. You're going to experience the same breakup of, of players and their intentions. It's not about good or bad or lower skill. It's just, you know, well, you could even make an argument of every aspect of life. Yeah, right. This is true. You're Abs- going to have absolutely. the elite on every, every asset of life, really. Absolutely. Um, but and this is the point of their question is it's it's that it's clicky or that they're not going to uh, they're not going to want to get, you know, these these elite or more skilled eight mans are not going to want to uh, uh, bring people in. This is where I think. So first off, there is um, the onus is on the these players right if they want to have competitive fights and they want this to be a more common occurrence they need to open up their groups or split up and form groups and start doing you know bringing other people into the fold that's very difficult because it is clicky but the onus is on them to do it the second thing is broadsword could hold an event and this is something that's been tossed around um, as an idea which is do a, do an event where you get, you know, the leaders and the heads of eight mans to to, you know, do like an eight V eight event where you get, you know, there's like one elitist or very good eight man group member that gets paired with seven randos and let them all learn the fundamentals of working together. It's not just about being clicky, although Lozer has a point to this. I think it is it's about consistency and communication. You don't have those if you don't do it every single night. The one benefit I think like for me running with you mad bro, these are people that I've known for over a decade. I consider them very good friends. But I do run in BGs a lot, but I run with a a a solid eight man with a usually pretty good group composition. And there will be nights where we will decide to not run with the BG. We'll pull out and we'll eight man and we'll be fairly successful at it, even if we're not eight manning a lot, because we've communicated with each other so well and we play pretty competitively. So if you want to do this, you can be like the Jesse's right, the Chaos Knights of the world and the uh, the I, we just, you know, Wrath of Waba, I guess, has an eight man. Um, although sometimes they flow, they're not strictly eight. Sometimes they go above. We learned that or I learned that earlier tonight. But you could be like, I think uh, uh, Chaos Knight Jesse is a great example of this where, you know, upon a pale horse was formed uh, years ago. Jesse decided he wanted to run an eight man. This guild was kind of put together and built out to be a, a you know, a more competitive eight. I think they're strictly eight, right, Bammers? Are they strictly eight or sometimes uh, they float? I wouldn't a... say strictly. They'll, they'll go above eight, but they shoot for eight every night or every time that they run. Yeah. So, I mean, that's Jesse's like a, a, a great model for this. You need people like that in all three realms that are willing to say, OK, like there's a need. We're not always going to run with the Zerg. We're going to do something different and we're going to try and keep these groups. Usually the same cons- like the same consistent people and just play every single night. Don't fear death don't fear dying over and over and over again to the same group you got to get people who are thick-skinned too that understand that dying is actually like an advantage and not a disadvantage that it if you've died to a group hopefully you've learned something out of it and you become a better player so i don't know you know i i, I think there's can, a whole can I add something oh, please by all means something else that i think that people don't seem to realize uh uh that, that was said in chat a second ago about it being very clicky. 
that's not untrue at all. It's definitely a clickier, one of the more clicky games. But there are also a lot of things that people don't realize. And this is a kind of a downside of like Bramic has said in the past for returning players, there's not a whole lot of uh, places you can go to find this kind of information out. But for example, the Jesse's of the world, Jesse, he, he runs, he's the out, he's the one I know off out, but I know like Bar to Catch, for example, does this with him where it doesn't matter who you are, they'll pick you up. You just got to ask. And sometimes you got to know who those people are to ask, but that's the downside is a lot of times they don't, there is no place to go. It's like, oh, talk to this guy, this guy, this girl, this girl whoever the case may be, to, to, to get picked up. But for example, Chaos Knight on Alb. If you are looking for a group on Alb, PM Chaos Knight, and he'll pull you into Discord and he'll run you every single night that you want to run. He doesn't care. It doesn't matter how good a player you are. If you're new, returning, there and there are people like this on all three realms. You just kind of have to know who they are. And that's the downside is that we haven't, there is no great, there's no great avenue of finding out where to go and who to talk to. Like, um, I believe it was Pronder, I could be wrong on this, who said, it, you know, it's all about knowing who you're, uh, knowing people. And that's that's pretty true. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact of knowing knowing these people, I wouldn't have been able to get into these groups. But even even people like Zoo Crew, the way I got into Zoo, Zoo was I, or into his group a little bit more often was I started asking to fight him. I started asking for sets fight, set fights. And he saw that level of wanting to grow and wanting to get better, even though we knew as a group that we would never be able to take Zoo down. Zoo's group was five times our skill level, but we still wanted to take that fight every chance we got. And Zoo saw that commitment in me and wanting to get better as a player. And that just simply wanting to do fights with him, he picked me up one night and I've been running with him, you know, once, twice a week ever since. That was months and months and months ago now. It's like, sometimes you just gotta step out of your comfort zone and talk to people and ask people, hey, is there any way that I can group you? Is there is there anything going on? Sometimes just spamming LFG. If I don't know you in LFG, I might not pick you up. But if you PM me and ask me for a group, there's a 99% chance I'm gonna invite the group. That's just how a lot of players are. But that's just my thoughts on the, on the situation. Yeah, sure. Pronder says uh, to that point, uh, the people that won't join voice chat or a healthy guild usually shoot themselves in the foot. You won't find new friends to play with uh, without jumping in and being social sort of 100%. It kind of leads to that point you were just making about kind of just getting in there and just being a little uncomfortable and doing things. Um, this is so Stepping true. out of your comfort zone is one of the hardest parts about getting into new groups. Yeah, it's very awkward. It's very uncomfortable. But once it gets comfortable, it'll be the best decision you ever make. Um, so on that note, there's uh, the next question here, which is pretty much along the same lines. Um, and I can zoom into this. I think I can zoom into this. Is there a different key for Firefox? I think there is. Yeah, it's control plus plus. And of course, now the text is all I wanted to up. see this earlier. I didn't get a chance to read it. Um, can we hold on now? My uh, now my form is totally wrecked. OK, sorry, guys, if it's a little small, you'll just have to squint. Um, so the same question is, <laughs> uh, can we can we discuss potential ways to increase eight man fights in Yuan? I think that that pretty much is what we answered just a minute ago. Somebody yeah. submitted it as a different topic, I but think I think the biggest one, honestly, is events. I really think that that would go a long way in making Dark Age a more enjoyable experience for everybody. Just throwing that out there. I agree. Absolutely. Um, OK, so um, I've I've pulled some of the chat topics into this, um, but we'll we'll go to the next one, which is something that I, I guess, brought up on the last stream and wanted to talk about, which was obtaining uh, different ways of obtaining veterans awards. So veterans rewards are becoming increasingly more important 
or they have been, I guess, since they were introduced, since the tourney ring and the Pendragon Bracer were available uh, back as exclusive items, I think, uh, as a result of tournaments, right, that were made or, or test events. They've become very important in templates, and they are becoming increasingly, increasingly more difficult to get and not in a good way. I think that there's room for like within the game, right, for a market to be short of something. But when you're short of items that people really like need in order to compete and have like like really solid temps, I just I don't know what the answer to this is. And I don't know if it's, you know, I'm I'm not a f- the idea of like uh, purchasing them via Mithril. Like I I don't think that's pay to win, but still, I, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a line there, a line issue to be drawn. But some of these items, I think, should be made more readily available. I don't, again, I don't know what the answer is. Just putting that I have out a there. Thought on that, that's different. Please. So, say you're like me and you you don't have you didn't have the so. I've been playing, I I got my account from my dad. My dad used to play this game. And so he never unsubbed his account. Like many people have have had in the past where I've gotten, I got multiple uh, awards, even though I had only been playing for, you know, two years or so at the time when they first came out. Uh, I got like 12 years worth of rewards because my dad had an active account from all that time. So I, I had gotten two Pendragon Bracers and one tournament ring, I think. And I got all three on out. The thing is, though, is I now have one pin dragon. I'm sorry, one tournament ring on all three realms and two pin dragons on all three realms. It's not unobtainable. If you really want an item, save your plat, build up your plat and, and buy those items. They are still attainable. It's not like they don't exist anymore. You can still go out and get them. It just takes a little bit of time and effort to build up the, the, the money to get those items. And sometimes it may take two months of looking for one, but they are uh, find, uh, findable. The next statement to, to add to that, tournament rings. Everyone says that I, I don't agree with tournament rings being pay to win because the only advantage of a tournament ring is the crescendo charge, okay? Which you can get off of multiple items in the game currently. Uh, the Dark Dragon Crest, I mean, not Dark Dragon Crest, the Dark Dragon Locket, the, locket, the necklace yeah. gives you the exact yeah. same crescendo charge. Winged Helm gives you a crescendo charge. There are multiple items in the game that give crescendo charges that people just overlook nowadays. There are still options. If you want a crescendo charge, you can get it. And the only, there's two advantages of a Pendragon Bracer. There is the fact that it's unshearable, which is a really nice ability, but they there is a there is a problem that comes with that. To, to use that repeatedly, it costs a lot of plat. Yeah, a lot Recharging of that thing's like 15 plat. It's not cheap to recharge. So there is a downside to the whole using that part. Secondly, the RP increase, that's really nice, but that's not that's not something that's actually hurting your ability to play the game. It's not like you have an ability that someone else doesn't have. All that means is you get more round points when you kill somebody. Which again, if that's all you're trying to go for is that extra RP bonus, like because the only reason I went for them is because it, it, the way I would recommend doing it is just farming up the plot to buy a, buy a pen dragon racer. It's not the easiest solution. It's not the most fun solution, but that's how I recommend you do it. I don't think you should uh, add MTX solutions to this because I think that that's what makes them unique. If you make it to where everyone can get them by spending a couple dollars, then they're no longer a unique award that are vet- for veterans. They're just a another award that or another another item in the game that you have to pay for now it's like to me i think i think that you should encourage people to actually go out of their way to buy it now with that i also don't like the current state of the merchants coming around because i think the merchants are kind of a nasty way of just taking money out of the game for no reason it's hard to to save up your money when you know the merchants are coming in in just a few days that's going to give you a ton of items 
I, I find that to be kind of a nuisance. I don't know another solution to get those items, but I I really find that to be kind of a downside. I think that's the point. They they the from what I understand, and this is not an official broadsword comment that they've shared with me, but from what I understand, the merchants, the infernal merchants, are brought back. Not the they're infer, the infernal merchants, right? That's what they're technically called. I think. Yeah. The infernal merchants are brought in um, because the market, unless it's a special event. So, like for instance. This Christmas time event, the merchants, I think, were always brought in S- separate Correct. thing. But when the merchants are dropped in at random, it's because there's too much plat circulating in the game and they they need to drain that. They need to drain the plat out of the economy. There's too much plat circulating. So that's a all of this is a very solid point. Maybe they're not unobtainable um, and maybe I just need to, like, grow a pair and just, you know, just deal with it, which is a totally valid point to make um Jop Gwyn says well uh, really since pen bracer is a six-year award we technically paid like what a thousand dollars for them which i think is hilarious and true um but maybe i just need to grow a pair maybe that's what it comes down to um the infernal merchants however i i think serve so the the, the economy is powered by a couple of different types of people right it's the the economy is powered by um, people who, and I think this is the most common, people who just have excess items because for whatever reason they retempt and they've got an, an item available or uh, in the case of like essences, they go they go farm the essences, but they're like, that's not really what they're there for. They're, 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 there, they're there to play competitively, but they go like, they just get the item just by playing the normal course of the game. There are people that intentionally farm Right. For items, um, they might run cursed over and over and over again, or they might run other world over and over and over again. And then there is a third subset that I'm not going to touch on too much because oftentimes they violate. In fact, most of the time, all the time they violate the TOS. But that is the people who sell things for real life money. I'm not going to dive into that, but all of those people are very important to the economy. And with the population the way it is, it's difficult to get things that you would get on, um, you know, in a in a POC raid, right? That you would get like people don't run POC that often. So how are you going to get certain items that drop there? How are you going to get items in from from DF, right? People don't run DF raids anymore. They're far and few between. So you need things like the traveling merchants, the, the traveling merchants, infernal merchants, that's what they're called. You need those just as much as you need everybody else in the economy. Is it annoying because their prices are so astronomically expensive? Yes, for sure. I agree with Sovereign on that, uh, or I agree with Bammers on that. They are they are a lot of money. But I also agree with Sovereign that merchants do provide a ton of accessibility for people that don't have the time or just for whatever reason, right, don't have access. Like when was the last time that Al ran a DF raid with players? I want to. I, I think that's a legitimate question. I want to know the answer to that. Probably over a couple of years now. Been a long time. Um, the last time I ran a DF raid is because on, during a night of dead RVR, I, I think I, I screamed it into Jedi's ear on Hib that we were going to go to DF. And we did. And we did a, a Legion raid and we did the princes and we got, you know, it dropped BPs, which ne- doesn't mean that you can now go. I don't think you can get items anymore. Right. Like you can't get items anymore from the merchants in DF unless you've got seals. So the only way to do it is to run the DF raid to get BPs to then go craft them with bounty crafting. My point is that the merchants aren't important. 
super important. They're, it's annoying at how, how expensive they are. It's also annoying that the, the, the consignment merchants, when you buy something from a market explorer, because there's no efficient way of traveling within housing, um, that uh, the market explorer charges an upcharge. It's kind of the same, the same annoyance, but it's there to bleed flat out of the game. That's why it's there. Um, I don't even think it's at this point, I don't even think it's there as a convenience fee. I think it's there to just bleed money out of the game. Might have been there, might have been put there as a uh, convenience fee, but it's it's no longer about convenience. It's about like l like literally being able to compete or not in the game. Uh, AMKDAOC says, why would Zergers need these? It's not a knock on Zergers, but really only needs some of these if solo or small man. So uh, about the the pen bracer, for instance, I, it's, first off, nobody needs anything. And Bammers has a great point which is that a lot of these item these item uses are available you know in other combinations on other items but i can tell you as a zerger who plays in bg's most of the time a pen uh pen bracer is super important because of how often damn it how often the mids shear me how often i get sheared dex quick pen bracer solves that problem for me entirely so it is very important because there are some people that run in Zergs, and I'm being sarcastic here, they know how to play their tunes. Like most people that run in BGs know how to play their tunes. But my point is that I'm getting sheared a lot and a pen bracer prevents me from getting sheared. So it saves me money in the long run because I'm popping like 10 supremacy charges a night, if not 15, just because I'm getting sheared. Um, Gear Bunny Classic says the 20% market explorer charge was originally about convenience, but it does have that plat sync effect as prices increase. Just going to mm -hmm. say there's also the fact that you got like, like, like Lozers saying you got Valks who just fly in and Dex quick share the entire BG. <laughs> and that's, that's just absolutely the most frustrating thing in the world when you're playing in that role. You know what I mean? It's, it is uh, so frustrating. <laughs> it's so annoying because it, but I, again, it's not like that's a necessity. All it would take there is to have one cleric cast or one cleric or uh druid i think or what's the hip or what's the mid one is a healer no shaman shaman yeah. uh to cast De to cast strength con or dex whatever you got sheared of it it's it's like one cast and they they fix that issue at cap cap deficiency you know depending on their tip. but we it's don't like, know how because of supremacy pots and because of all these things I you know, ask i mean I like who who specs in chat it's, it's so funny because when you run with certain groups like that's a common thing now like especially now that i've started grouping with irc and stuff they expect your clerics to do that for you they're not going to pop a sub pot for one buff like they don't have to there's no reason to if their clerics know what they're doing right and you can even go and i mean not to shout it out or anything because you know i don't want to encourage it but go watch a ross video ross's most recent video there's like there's a clip where a valk shears a strength con i think or i mean dex quick i think and he casts dex quick on the run like he, he knows that that's a possibility and the higher tier players will learn that and you know what I mean? As you as you get better and learn, you don't need to hit a sub pot when you have you know clear support that's willing to cast those buffs. Even though sub pots have become so convenient, it's not always a great option. Yeah, Sovereign says I just made my first temp on Midgard, and I wouldn't have been able to without the merchants because I don't know anyone on mid. Good point, and don't have the connections to get a group of players uh, to farm. Absolutely, they 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 play a very very important role. Um, Extraterrestrial says, my personal contention is related to new players, which we all want to come join the game. Veterans rewards being uh, functional and powerful is very hard. Um, it's dangerous road to walk. It's similar to statements like, good luck trying to compete with X because it drives new players away, if that makes sense. Now, items that appear in so many templates and are so strong, perhaps not OP after what Bammer said, but in so many top tier templates, but are so devastatingly expensive. Thin line. 
completely so, agree with you. I responded to that a little bit, basically saying my encouragement to you is to build your own templates. Now, I haven't went on like an, a utils or anything and or ask someone and react, actively ran their temp in a very long time because I build all my own temps. You, you, you know what you have, you know what you're, you have available to you, so run what you have and have available to you. Build a temp around what you can afford and what you have. That, that would be my number one uh, situation. That The problem lies in the fact that if you're a new player, you don't know what items exist. You don't know what items, you you know, do what, where what charges to look for. Or what, what you're you know, going to need, you right. Exactly. You have no idea what you need for that kind of stuff. And for that, my suggestion would simply be to, if you can, again, get into a, a friendly guild. You know, join the, the the pale horses of the of the of the game and, and talk to people and learn about templating and learn what you can and just try and absorb as much information as possible because that will help you so much in the long run. Um, some one more thing to mention about those um the 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 supremacy charge that there are other veteran items that that drop the the supremacy charges that don't sell for what like Pendragon sell for. Um, for example, I think it's called Pendragon Ring. Yeah, the um, ring. Yep. I'm pretty sure it sells on most on most merchants for like sub 60 plat, 50 plat. It's also yeah, just as, plat just as expensive charge. to recharge, just as expensive to recharge. That's true. But that's the true. but the initial acquisition cost is far lower than a Pendragon Bracer. It's 30 plat instead of, uh, for example, on Alps two two fifteen on the merchants. So I mean, l looking at the difference, if you if if it's the set pot charge you're looking for, there are that's what I'm saying. And this again, this is a downside of. You know playing the game for a long time versus people who are returning they don't have those avenues and just know off top of their head what items do what but for someone like me i do pin dragon ring gives you the exact same charge that you're you know you're looking for at, at 30 plat instead of over 200 and that's what i'm talking about you can just simply uh talk to people and learn that kind of stuff and here you are instead of building that template that costs you you know, a couple thousand plat, you've cut it to less than half that because you know what you're looking for now and you wouldn't have that opportunity without getting into an active guild or, you know, group of people who's able to help you. And I think this community more than anything has has done so, so much for new and returning players. I mean, just going into Ramix Discord, you see constant people talking about, you know, how to improve and how to learn and like where to go and different avenues to go down. Like there has been so much help in that department that's come out of Ram Extreme, and I'm very thankful for that. Well, I'm, I'm thankful to the community because the community is what makes it or breaks it. Um, I, that is, it is nothing. If there's anything I've done is just lit a match. Everybody else has built the fire and brought the wood and created this this amazing community. It's And the mods uh, especially get a huge th uh, a shout out and a thank you for me. Gear Bunny Classic uh, mentioned, so a couple things about this. First off, let's go to Sovereign. Sovereign says Bammers, um, and this is a good point, not everyone wants to build their own temp, but it's not limited to new players. Casual players don't want to build their own temps. What's frustrating is that Broadsword doesn't have a template utility like DAOC utils. Here's the thing. I don't think Broadsword building a template utility is going to solve the problem, right? Because Gear Bunny, Gear Bunny who's in chat too, has Gear Bunny Fusion, which I use. I, I think it's the the most solid, easy to well, it's certainly the most solid and up to date uh, template maker. Um, nothing is easy to use if you don't know what you're looking for, and that's really the issue. Broadsword building a template utility, Gear Bunny could do this, Hops could do this on DAOC utils, but it it, it increases the complexity like tenfold for developers, broadsword or third party because it you have to teach people the fundamentals of what items do what 
and sometimes, like we talked about a minute ago, you don't even know what items you need because especially for new players or casual players, right? It, that might have the same knowledge as somebody who's fairly new to the game. You, you, you just don't know what you need in your temp. And so it's about educating people about, you know, like a, you know, a, a, a proper template is going to have these abilities in them and understanding the difference between TOA bonuses and mythical bonuses and what they do, what the limits are for each. Until you go down that road, no template utility is going to solve this problem. Um, and Gear Bunny can probably touch on this. It is incredibly difficult because you've got to, you, 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 you pivot from building utility that is super helpful and important to educating players about what they need. And that's a whole different role. One more thing to add to that is you also got to realize, like, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I missed the name. I think it was Sovereign said, if you don't want to, you know, the reference about not not everybody wants to build their temp uh, or their own temp. That's fair. But you also got to realize that most people, most people who know what they're doing in terms of building temps, they build temps to what they want as a player. And it's not always a viable option to, you know, just straight up copy people's temp, especially if you haven't taken the time to learn what that temp is good for in certain ways. I've had this conversation with someone who came into my stream a while back and wanted to, wanted me to send him a Shadow Blade temp. And I just said, I basically said, I can't. I don't know what you want. You need to talk to me. We had to have a conversation that could take over an hour on what are you looking for? Because, you know, you can build certain classes a thousand different ways. And you have to know what your temp is building for in that specific way. Go ask Ross for a cleric temp. And he's going to be like, well, which spec? What option? How do you want to play it? Because you know simply saying a, a temp isn't going to work like that and that's why i always encourage people to try and build their own because like i said not only do people build to what they need and what they how they like to play they also build to what they have for example me i'm not going to build a temp that has double tournament ring ever there are people who do it but i can't afford that i don't have two tournament rings on any realm so in that same sense you have to know what you're looking for and what you have and talk to people about that um I had a buddy, the same guy that I was talking about, he wanted that Shadow Blade temp. I've spent hours explaining to him the, the indefiniteness that is template building and that kind of stuff. And I think that it would be really nice if we had some form of way of doing a, a checklist type of thing. And I've been encouraging this in a lot of modern template builders. Uh, maybe even Gear Bunny Classic could add this as a, as a throw in. Um, but some sort of checklist. Does it have a melee charge? Does it have a magic charge? Does it have a crescendo charge? Does it have this? Does it have that? You don't have to mark every box to be a good template, but there are some templates that want some things that other ones don't. And if you're a new player, how do I know if this item has a melee charge or not? Well, let me mark that box that says melee charge and it pulls up all the melee charges. You see what I'm saying? It's such Something a, it's such a great point. That's such a that great idea. So, so much for, for especially new players like me. I know every item in the game that has a melee or magic charge, but this new returning player has no idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that gives them the ability to now build their own templates and not be building ones that are terrible because they have no charges. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That could be that could provide so, so much to new and returning players that I don't think people realize. Charges are a massive part of the game nowadays. And learning those charges is one of the hardest parts about learning Dark Age as a whole in terms of template wise. Oh, I mean, it's what separates in reality Kings. Well, not this is not a blanket statement, but it's what really separates King gear from other gear, King's gear from other gear, because King's gear is now so much better than it used to be. And it gives you cap stats. The the issue is going beyond that. Grander adds Gear Bunny Fusion has filters for what items have on them. And that's true. But the idea of adding a like at a very basic level, what you need. Again, this is not Gear Bunny Classics responsibility. 
<laughs> right? Like, in all fairness, saying that you know that that would be a helpful feature, but it's something. It's about education, and that's not what these tools are built to do. They're very good. Gear Bunny Classic um, or Gear Bunny Fusion DAOC utils um, before it broke. The, uh, these templating tools that were out there, um, even just basic item databases, which is what we all used before we had third-party programs. It's uh, it's a challenge, and it's about education and education really alone. And how you fix that, I don't know. All right, so um, we're going to go ahead and move on from this. Uh, Sovereign mentions DAOC utils being broken. Absolutely. Um, it's it's really unfortunate. And I know Hops has tried to fix it, but it, it's not working. And uh, it's what the community was using for a very long time to try and put stuff together. Or, oh, Jop Gwyn says DAOC utils still works if you're doing a new temp. You just can't look at the old ones. Okay, that's fair. But there was so much history in those old templates that I think I'd really love to see them restored if that's any chance of them if, it, if there's any chance of hops fixing that it would be great not, not always I, I'm not you know he's do, in most cases he's not even accepting donations anymore I think he's told people not to donate so I don't know where the project stands but I'd love to see that come back uh, Bammers you wanted to say something um, just that like I was saying with that template builder idea with the checklist Another thing to add to that is like, for example, we were talking about, you know, some people just like to go on Dayok Utils, for example, just to throw that name out there and find them a template. And if it's for them, for their class that they play, well, I'll just build that one. But you also got to think about the fact that like anyone can build a template on Utils and anyone can publish a template on, on Utils. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a great template. And that's something else that I think people need to realize. And if they had that potential checklist, like I was saying, that would at least allow them to see, hey, does this temp have the basic stuff that I need in, in it to make it better than just King's Gear? And I mean, that that would be amazing for a lot of players. And I think that would increase the level of, of uh, survivability on a lot of players. Sure. Um, okay, so let's pivot. Let's talk about let's move on to a different topic because we've got there's so much discussion here and Bammers, I really appreciate you joining us. This is uh, this has been awesome. Um, we're going to skip the next question, which is veteran rewards are super cool for longtime subscribers, but are they imbalanced and bad for the game? I think we covered that and we talked about that um, at length um, inadvertently. Uh, the next question is, are there many content creators for the game? I haven't seen uh, many not on the shards. So there there are actually and there are different kinds of content creators. There are people that create gameplay videos, which is one, right? And there's a lot of those on live and elsewhere. The kind of content that we need more than anything is not just gameplay videos, because those are fun, but they don't cater to everyone. And they certainly don't. Sometimes they bring back players, but you, you need you need something that's got more sustenance than just a gameplay video. And that's where folks like AKA Extraterrestrial comes in, right? And there are other people out there that do this too, where they do like walkthroughs and talk about history. Those are those are the kind of content creators that we need more of. You know, I do videos where I go through, um, I could share one towards the end, but I do weekly recaps where I go through and I, I annotate the fights and I talk about what I think could have been done differently by myself or other people. That I think is good. And I would love to see more of that. I'd love to be critiqued. I'd love for people to take, you know, my gameplay. You obviously can't steal my stream or take my videos, but you could totally like record a fight where we're going to get, you know, we're, you know, we're 
Zerg v Zerg or whatever, and you could totally critique my gameplay. I'd love that. That I think helps people in the game, and I, I think it helps bring people back. The educational aspect of things, um, like AK Extraterrestrial, just launched a brand new video. Was it today or yesterday? All the days are blending together for me. But the uh, the video about Albion, and 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 also did a, another video uh, today. Also did another video about the game. Uh, by the way, uh, we'll, we if if AK Extraterrestrial is okay with that, we'll include those in the show notes. Uh, and you're welcome to post them in in chat right now. But those are the that's the kind of content that we need more of. That kind of stuff is really, really helpful. Um, it also it's not just about video folks, right? Pronder um, is building this um, the site with tips and all sorts of tricks and stuff. And one of them is uh, how to scale up your UI, which is really, really, really important. Um, and there's a ton of posts on the forum and in Discord. There's lots of stuff like that that exist. We need a better place to store all of them. Uh, and I, I think we're, we're getting closer to having um, access, like admin access to the fandom wiki, where we can start doing, you know, we can start really adding more, like adding a section for folks like this uh, that create this stuff. Uh, Cybix says, when I log in on Twitch, I see mostly other server streams. The other server has um, other kinds of events. We're going to talk about dynamic events in a second and what kind of dynamic events we'd like to see. Um, but this is something that we've harped on for quite some time, that dynamic events are really important uh, just to just to create different kinds of action. So we'll maybe we'll just roll into that unless you've got. Do you have anything to add about uh, content creation bammers? Do you have anything that you want to say on that regard or to that topic? I mean, not necessarily content creation, but just for the for the uh, you know the average player watching YouTube videos is one of the most valuable things you can do for learning gameplay. I mean, you know, we talk about IRC for example as a whole all the time and how how strong of a group they are, but what people don't realize is that you can go on online at any point and watch you know Yama play Minstrel and watch him how he takes on these fights that are 30 plus versus their eight man and watch how he fights it how he takes it on and watch all the minor minor things that he does and how to learn from that and you can go from the zoo style all the way down to solo play and learn how to play your class and learn things from other people and see what they're doing that's making them so successful just from watching any any youtube video i mean there's so much valuable information online that i don't think people realize in terms of youtube videos not youtube in particular but you know just videos in, as a whole um i think there's there's also a difference between there's certain kinds of play videos that are more helpful than others the ones that are there to just showcase action right or to showcase how good somebody is isn't necessarily going to help somebody the ones that are like super sped up or the ones that are low res so that you can't actually see what's occurring in the game. You can't read the the combat log or see what buttons they're clicking. But there are some kinds of videos that are very helpful, um, that are higher res, that are at either gameplay speed or just slightly above, um, that aren't screaming music at you that, well, some of the music's really good in some of these videos. Some of them, like, I love Lethet's videos. I love Lethet. Lethet's videos are some of the, I think, some of like the most interesting like gameplay content I've seen. God, that music. <laughs> it takes a certain kind of person to leave that volume up 100%. But his videos are absolutely phenomenal. They're really, really, really good. I'm only just teasing. Um, 
Okay, uh, Pronder says, I don't think uh, new and returning players realize that Discord has basically replaced game chat for things like looking for, ga uh, or LFG looking for group advice, find a guild, general questions, etc. And and about resources, so true. it is so true. Discord is so important. Um, and it's not just, here's the other thing, it's not just about the official Discord. Like, there are, when you when you get to play a realm and you group with different people, getting into discord getting into voice chat is really important not just for like that moment but you also begin to realize how important or what the important discord channels right and these sort of communities are for a particular realm um and some are some are like dead right and don't like they're just there because it's like a personal discord for somebody that like occasionally throws a group together and then there are some that are like that are just like flourishing for a particular realm and I, I think that's, um, you know, you have to you have to join a lot of them to find them. That's something that I want to talk about in the resource podcast, something that could be added to the wiki, right, is like the most active discord channels for a particular realm, um, because it's not just the official ones. Great, but it's not just official. There are a lot of these other communities that have been built over the course of time that are growing in size. Um. AK Extraterrestrial says, Dear Broadsword, add in a game tip that says join our official Discord to find advice looking for group. I think they they have added a mention of, or maybe it's the bug tracker. When you try and submit uh, appeals, I think the they've replaced that with like go to the Trello page or something, but um, they do need to, they do need to, to, I think that would be great. The issue is that I'd love to, if you could click a link in the game and be brought to a particular Discord. I think that would be very helpful, but that's another issue entirely. Um, so Fueled is asking a question. We're going to add that to the list of things we can talk about tonight if we have time. We're going to go down. Uh, the next question uh, on the list uh, is uh, what what sorts of dynamic live events would you like to see? So Bammers, you go first, if you don't mind. Are there are there certain kinds of events that have dev like active dev involvement that you'd like to see in the game? Um, well, so the first thing that comes to mind for me is I would simply like to see some form of leveling event um, because I don't know about you, but I have characters that even after playing for years that I'd like to level up, but it leveling up it, after you've done it, you know, 50, 60 times that the prospect of leveling is just not fun anymore for me. And for that reason, I don't level up new characters. But if they had some sort of, of you know, event that came out for a couple, a, a week, you know, or so, where you could potentially get to, you know, even if it was a slower leveling experience, I would be happy with that if I could, like, have some fun RVR or fun events, you know, some form of an event that made it fun or, you know, get like a dragon raid and scale down the dragon's strength a ton where you could take on the dragons at like level five or something like that and have this like massive PVE rate of like level fives and tens trying to take on the dragon. Stuff like that could be a lot of fun if they had, you know, some something like that, but you would have to have some form of, you know, dev, dev run sort of thing and encouragement through the devs for that kind of thing to happen. Uh, I'm not suggesting a way to level up characters fast. I don't care about that. I'm talking about something that may, that changes this the, the, the monotony of leveling or, or, or even RVR, the same kind of thing. Something that breaks it up and makes it more fun. That's what I'm into more than anything else is, the, is fixing the monotony. I want it to be a different experience every time. And that that would be a great way to do it, in my opinion. That that is really the um, that is the, the, the I think the, the biggest the biggest reason why I'd like to see it. And I think a lot of people would like to see dynamic events is just changing it up. It's not that PVP isn't dynamic, 
right? It is, but, you know, especially now with the BGs the way they are, if a BG, if there's a realm that's underpopulated, they're more likely to sit inside of a tower. You know, there's another realm that never, you know, that might not ever leave a keep for a night. There's all that stuff. Um, the dynamic events are meant to change that up entirely. And there are examples of this, and I'm not going to go into them, but there are... Oh, wait for it. Knock meal will reset in 10 minutes. That's your alert that Cam is about to reset in 10 minutes. Also, a great uh, a great moment to pause and point out that patreon.com slash ramicmedia, there's a ton of events you can... or tons of... Um, <laughs> tons of ways to support what we're doing here. Uh, Patreon.com slash Media is the best one uh, by far to go to. I appreciate the Twitch subs. You get way more out of the Patreon su subscription, though, if I'm honest, than you do on Twitch. There's all sorts of custom content, and we're adding things like alerts and custom data feeds to, um, to the different tiers of Patreon supporters. So starting on Thursday, um, tier, tier 3 and tier four. So so um, the the tier three and the beard crew folks are going to have access to Alexa alerts that that like when certain things happen in the game, they will get that kind of trigger like KM is about to reset um, or a relic was captured or something along those lines. So those are all. Um, and then tier two folks are going to be able to get access to exclusive data feeds on my discord. So I'd highly encourage you to go to patreon.com slash ramicmedia. Check out the new features because they're 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 listed live, but they launch on Thursday. And that was one of them. Um, OK, so dynamic events. Um, anything that changes either player versus player or player versus environment. So if a if say, for instance, a developer created a, a, dy a dynamic RVR quest where it said it was like a, a, a missing puzzle piece kind of event where you had to take your BG or eight man or whatever to a particular area of the map. And then the other opposing realm, unbeknownst to to them, they were brought to the same place. And there was some kind of fight where or, or maybe you had to kill an NPC or kill kill a dev acting as an NPC that scaled based on the amount of players that were there. And based on the population, those those things can change. They can be brought to different locations, essentially to bring people together, to draw action together, to create these sorts of like miniature quest events, things that change that are not scripted or maybe they're scripted by the devs, but aren't, have not been done before by the players. That would be super cool. Um, Gearbending Classic says uh, dungeon instances. Turning those on would be nice. Dungeon, ins dungeon instances are great. Um, I'd love to see what Bammers, is, Bammers talked about with breaking up the monotony of leveling, which, by the way, has never been faster. Um, you can now That's go from... That's why don't increase the speed, just right. change the way it's done. You know what I mean? It's, it's going very fast now. Right, but you're, you're, it's true, though. Like, get people into... Like, I would love to see people get brought into areas of classic that haven't been explored in probably a decade or more. There's so many beautiful places in this game. There's so many beautiful places. That I want to fight dragons again. Yeah, right? The dragons. Like, bring, like increase, the, the, increase the difficulty of it for one of these events and make it spawn different things or do different things. The Jack Frost and the um, the Jack Frost and the the Hallowed, right? Those those instances were awesome. But take that idea and have a dev running it 
and it just changes so frequently or have it, you know, I mean, I, I would I, I don't want to increase. I would hate to say, like, increase the amount of work on these devs and have them script it all and like plan it all ahead of time. But there's got to be some structure to it going into it. Like they know what they're like, what, you know, if a certain amount of people show up, it's they're going to do this and that and the other thing. They've got to think about it ahead of time. But just like just play with it. And I I can't help but think that there's some like level of fear about doing this. That is like it's it's going to appear like they're, um, you know, making it easier for one realm versus another or that it's like favoring action. But that's kind of like the thing that would make it exciting is not knowing what you're going into and like accepting the outcome of it and going and trying it again. Uh, AK Extraterrestrial says a cataclysm event would be cool, but the sheer amount of development time would be insane. Broadsword definitely as a team, but not a team like Blizzard. Um, I don't know what Cataclysm, uh, what what you're talking about. I assume you're talking about World of Warcraft, um, but I don't have any experience with that. I've I I, I have I, I have nothing to reference. But I imagine that that is some sort of crazy dynamic event. Uh, Jopgwin uh, says, "Have the thing under the cam ice rink emerge and start roaming EV, destroying towers. So cool!" Or have a dev spawn as that guy. Have, I don't know if they've ever created, they obviously created the artwork. I don't know if that was Greg or somebody else that created that guy under the rink. And I think there was Not supposed to be- Set in five minutes. Cam's about to reset in five minutes, folks. Um, I don't know if like Greg did that artwork or whatnot, but the the idea of, um, you know, creating a mob model of that and yeah, roaming, roaming EV, killing towers, you know, killing people, like randomly showing up in the middle of Zerg fights, right? Like just sort of wandering into Zerg fights, you know, just this, this random guy that like was in the ice rink five minutes ago and just start like wiping people or throwing people around. I would love, that would be so cool. So cool. AK Extraterrestrial says about Cataclysm, it was an expansion. They shattered the world, redid the zones, remade all the quests, destroyed it all. It was in reference to something uh, Baba Malama said above. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. Gearbending Classics says places like Shrouded Isles basically completely ignored. Would love to see different stuff along those lines. What do you think? Is there something that comes to mind, Bammers, for you in terms of like a PvP event that would like be totally bonkers that you'd love to see? Something that would drum up action? Honestly, nothing that comes to mind, <laughs> but I, I know like nothing that hasn't already been said. Like you were talking about, I think the 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 KM guy would be a really cool idea or something along those lines. But Nothing that specifically comes to my mind. I would like to see some sort of smaller scale one too. Like we keep mentioning a lot of these ones that are on, you know, BG size levels. You know, this guy comes in and just starts flatten flattening the BG. And you gotta like <laughs> now fight him too, including the other BG. And they're like, you know, not favoring one realm, but they're both, he's just killing both realms. Like that would be a really cool idea, but it wouldn't be, it would be equally as cool in my opinion to fight something on a smaller scale too, you know, some sort of solo duo, small man, eight man type of event that comes out or you know i think it would be cool if like the doppel lords all spread out because those can be killed as eight man and the doppel lords all just out of nowhere took came out of their little cove all three of them at once and started roaming ev and you know <laughs> like something like that would be cool yeah and and maybe there's a different reward i mean gorilla warfare mentions what if yeah. loot was redone in an old area i mean old areas new areas modifying the loot table or or making some of these objectives like the the doppel lords coming out make them rp you know get make them give rps you know or or completing a, a mission perhaps that you then turn into an npc and it gives you rps 
something like that would be great. Um, 47EL mentions a duo trio instance. Um, Broadsword has said that they're not interested in doing as much as I would love to see arenas, not where RPs can be earned, but like creating instances in which arena fights can occur. Broadsword has said flat out that they're not going to do that. Um, and I understand why they want to they want to keep the action in public areas. Um, even yeah, I personally if, don't don't want that either. Yeah, I, and and that's a, a, a fair point, and I completely understand it. Um, you know, consolidating the action already is like their top priority, and making a easier to get from point A to point B, but but also having like a, a, a meeting point area, like bug, like bringing back bug would be great for this. Um, but yeah, uh, they've said that they're not going to do that, and I understand why. I mean. So another idea for maybe an instance is like have like three different devs dress up like r- roam around as the three different main main uh main characters like you know the alb K- king arthur the hib uh i don't even remember her name or his name the the mid one like the queen have, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah all three of them like the the actual people of the of the realm and have them with their bg like roaming with the bg and it's like you know, they they provide a big re- like a relic boost to their group or whatever, and if you kill him, the relic boost drops or something like that. So it's like killing the dev leader becomes a strength to your group, and it's like something lo- along those lines where he's not grouped with anyone; he's just roaming with the BG, and if you kill him, you get some sort of advantage. Something along those lines, I think, would be really cool. I love that idea. That is such a great idea. Uh, Gear Bunny Classic says, "Imagining an eight man, uh, imagine an eight man group of Har- uh, the Harbinger sort of spring running around." <laughs> You see, that would be hilarious. Like, there's so many cool things that they could do with it. And here's the I want to like because I know Broadsword listens and watches. I want to like I I, want to bring this home. Like, I want to just I want to beat I want to beat this particular topic like over and over and over and over and over again, that it isn't just about the perception of fairness. There is a, a level of hilarity that you introduce when you create events like this that make it so much fun. It's not it's not even like and it may be different on some of the other places like the uh, the other free shards and stuff where there's like different objectives and you know you have to. But like the folks that are diehard should reset now. Knock knock meals resetting right now. You can get alerts like this too if you're a Patreon supporter. Okay, anyway, and that's what the yellow lights are for. Cam just reset. Look at that. It all works. Um it's not just about like the perception of fairness. It's about like the the level of hilarity and I just I want to see something crazy happen every once in a while, like out of nowhere, or I want there to be a weekend where like anything can happen. It's totally like random. If you don't want that, if you don't want that or you're like, you know, if you're just like, I don't know, a miserable human being or whatever, and like you're just like, I'm Rob's for this, like just don't log in, but just make it a weekend where like anything can happen, like mobs start spawning places you know john's in there like dropping the kings and the queens and all that other stuff in there that would be so much fun and people would die of laughter and love it so much even if they get wiped by it sometimes we'll go like as the hip bg we'll go to the glacier giant we'll go kill the glacier giant it's not because there's any like objective to it it's just like we're bored and we want to do something different those kinds of things would be great Man, could you imagine the glacier giant just falling into the world while you're fighting two BGs and he's just chunking people up in the air? It'd be the best thing ever. You know how hilarious that would be laughing so hard if I got mid BG fight like the glacier giant just chunks me up into the air and I go flying to and the other zone. Have them all get fight. thrown to the same location. So now they have to now the BG yeah, is split and the fight. Right. And now they got to fight somewhere yeah. else. I love that. It's like these are the kinds of these are the kinds of things that we we need to have. So, OK. 
I want to take a minute and pause and talk about the classic server very quickly. So there's like a lot of discussion. We talk about this, I think, every single week. There's a lot of discussion about will it ever come and, you know, constantly on Discord. The answer is yes, it's going to come. Broadsword has said it will. The timeline's been the timeline has been pushed back a couple of times because of I, I think it, it, the most recent one is COVID, but they're on track to building it. And I brought up a lot of rumors and things that like you know my beliefs about it, which I I feel you know I could be totally wrong about, but I feel are true. And if you're curious about this, like I can spend a minute talking about it, but you could also go back and listen to prior state of the games. I think we'll see a classic server before June. I really do. And that's not Broadsword has not told me anything about this. Like, I genuinely feel we will have a classic server before June. I think it. I think we will. I think all the evidence that I've seen points to that happening. First off, the the second thing is I've talked about. Um, I think like we, I started this three weeks ago. I'd had conversations with um, people in different communities, um, and I'd spoken to some of the DOL folks. And just kind of got a sense for like what was kind of happening. And I got the impression that the this like revamp that they're doing like this, this classic server is more than just a classic server. It's more than just classic. Right. It's about maybe they're rewriting the game, like not in like this crazy, like maybe they're not like adding a new like graphics engine or what or whatnot, but maybe they're like actually rebuilding the back end of the game. Maybe that's something that they're doing. Maybe that's the reason why it's taken so long. Maybe again, like hypothetical, I don't know, but the Camelot Herald, they talked about releasing the Camelot Herald, the updated one for a while now. And wouldn't it make sense that they didn't release the Camelot Herald because maybe the integration with the server is going to change. Like there's a whole bunch of things. And again, these are just rumors and I could be completely wrong about this, and I, I might very well be, but I think that there's more than just a classic server going on. And, you know, I'll, I'm going to very briefly talk, even though Ollie, who's an amazing mod and like one of the biggest supporters of the channel, who's in there going like, we don't talk about free shards and we don't talk about free shards. We make that like a, a, a like common theme here. But the free shards are 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 running a, you know, it's really a fork of DOL, of Dawn of Light. And Dawn of Light is written in C Sharp, not in C++, which is what the live server is written on. I mean, wouldn't it make sense that they go to something that's a little bit more up to date? DOL is open sourced. Why not take a fork of DOL and roll it in and make it part of the, the, the live server uh, backend? Granted, uh, and I could be entirely wrong here, but being how uh, not connected you are per se, but how much you actively speak to these devs, I feel like if they were, if they didn't want you spreading rumors that were untrue, they probably would have said something by now as well. Now that's just my theory, but like sure. in the in the event that it wasn't happening, they would just tell you, hey, it's not happening. Stop saying that. You know what I mean? Like. Well, just to prevent that kind of so there's not well, completely wrong there, but that's just my theory. Yeah. So, I mean, there are instances for sure. And it's there's not like a common theme. There are instances where people reach out to me and go, that's not happening. Right. But it's not it's not consistent. Like, I don't get like inside. There's not like some insider information or something. Right. Like I, I have conversations with a lot of different people in the community and I don't I don't get like this. It's not about like leaks and stuff. It's just. 
it's about just like kind of doing basic math about like and the problem is when you when you assume what do they say you make an ass out of you and me right and so like i'm doing math about like a bunch of different things that i'm like kind of like gathering and like seeing happen and i'm like oh well maybe you know this is happening and that and i could be totally wrong and in however many months you know maybe they don't ever release the classic server maybe in a year you know you guys beat me over the head and you're like jesus ramick you know what what were you thinking but I genuinely think the the classic server is coming in six months or shortly thereafter, somewhere in the next six months. I strongly believe that it's going to happen. I think that there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that is going to be far beyond what I can imagine today, what you can imagine today that they're doing. They've been tight lipped for a reason. There's a reason why they've been so tight lipped. Um, you also like I'm going to say this one last time too. you also have to remember that there are free shards out there and how silly would it be for and and this is part of the issue and maybe one of the reasons why they are so tight-lipped now just think about this from like a business perspective how silly would it be for you to publicly disclose what you're doing six months ahead of time when you're when you're essentially like there's an entire community full of volunteer devs that can just like run circles around you because they don't have to worry about paying they're devs, right? It's all volunteer based because Broadsword is a company. They have to pay their people and it's not like they can just bring in a bunch of volunteers to do a whole bunch of work. It gets extremely complicated. And also there's not a ton of people that know extensively like how this all works outside of the free shard or DLL community. Bammers has a great point about this, and this is I think it is a great way in chat to end this discussion about free shards is that to the end that the free shard chat, they simply don't last. They are successful for a small period of time and they always die. Live servers are the only servers that have not died. Just my thoughts. And that is so true. Um, and Proner mentions and has mentioned over the, the course of the chat that uh, he'd like to see more communication from from John. Uh, I have expressed this, that I would love to see more communication from John. I think that they're getting to a point where they want that. But you have to remember, too, that it's like, you know, there's while I'd love to see more communication, not just about the classic server. Like, I do think that I'd love to see I'd love to do a sit down interview with John. I'd love for John to uh, drop into Discord more frequently. Like he's, he's a very busy guy. Um, I'd love to see more communication, but I think there are reasons as to why we haven't seen John so often, even though, like, it's my personal, like, desire to 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 have more information i think there are reasons as to why it's happened why we haven't seen that kind of an involvement okay that's my belief i think classic is going to blow people's minds maybe it isn't maybe it's going to be the same back end it's going to be 1.1 or 1.65 it's going to be like everything like pre-toa and and they'll come up with some other way to bring people into the game but i, I just these people at Broadsword are smart. You might, I disagree with them and some of the things that they've done. You might disagree with them. You might not like a certain aspect of it, but they are Dark Age of Camelot. Like it or not, I like it. I think they've done a great job. But like it or not, they are Dark Age of Camelot. The free shards are the free shards. DAOC belongs to the developers that are building, fundamentally, the, the developers that are building it at Broadsword. And they're smart people, and I just I I can't help but think that there's something else going on. We'll see. I will also just to add one more thing with regards to silent developers. It's it's kind of like that thing that I was saying earlier. It's not that they're 
everyone has their own way of, of running, especially in Dark Age. And in my opinion, simply just talking to people will help. Go out of your way to message Carol. Ask Carol what's going on. You know, is there any information? Oftentimes, Carol's like the nicest lady ever. If she can't tell you anything, she's just going to say, I'm sorry, I don't have any information at, the at that time. But I mean, I've messaged her plenty and she's been like, yeah, I mean, this is a situation. This is what we're working on. Like, she's very, she's very helpful. And there's a lot of people who are like that in every aspect of this game. Kind of like I was mentioning earlier when it came to grouping and stuff like that. Just go out of your comfort zone and talk to people and message people. They're, they're all labeled in Discord. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just won't get a response and you won't get a response. There's nothing you can do about it. Just don't take it to heart and, and try someone else. I mean, I've messaged John before and he hasn't responded. I've, mess I've messaged him another time and he's responded within a few minutes. Yeah. You know, sometimes they're too yeah. busy to respond at that moment. But a lot of times they'll respond to you and they're very helpful and they're very, you know, they're, they're willing to give you that information that you care to, you're, you're interested in. And yeah. I think that's something that needs to be mentioned, needs to be said. I completely agree. Um, and Carol's Carol is a phenomenal resource being the community lead. Uh, Shaili is amazing. Um, and and yeah, I've had conversations. Such incredible help. They're incredible oh, people. Amazing. Amazing. And and I, it's true, though, like there's been moments where I've meant like John has been incredibly responsive about bugs. Like I was trying to help somebody in the community out with a bug and he was more responsive than I was able to keep up with about trying to fix this bug, like trying to get information about the player. There was this whole back and forth that lasted several days. They were trying to fix something. I think it was with subpots and um, endless conquest accounts. And like he was all over it, all over it and was like waiting on me to respond. Um, and then, uh, you know, I wished him a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And, you know, he's. I don't think he's open Discord because he's been so damn busy since he got back from Christmas break. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's it, it it's not it's nothing personal. They're just they're just really busy. Um, Pronder says that at a minimum they could give a status of bugs and what's going on there based on the Trello board. I think there could be more communication about some of the stuff that they're working on. Um, Agreed. Uh, uh, when it comes to that, that is a totally fair criticism. I don't think that's attacking the devs at all. Um, they do. There are, um, and I can pull this up really quickly because I actually do have this open. Um, this is the Trello board for folks that haven't seen it. They do, in fact, have columns for things like unconfirmed uh, bugs, which is submitted but not reviewed most of the time. Invalid bugs, which is submitted, reviewed, turned out not to be a bug or it's working as intended. Confirmed bugs. And by the way, these are updated pretty frequently. So Trello is great. I used Trello um, in, in work before I, like years and years and years ago, uh, actually a news director of a radio station uh, taught me, taught me about, told me about Trello. That was back in like 20, 2013, 2014, must've been 2014. And I've been using it ever since for my work and for companies that I've done work for. Um, so it's it's great. You just drag, you create cards, you attach media, you drag them based on, you know, you can create triggers and stuff. You can integrate tre Trello with a whole bunch of other stuff. But that's what they do. They start off as unconfirmed bugs. You can become a contributor. I'm a contributor. There's a whole bunch of other folks that are contributors here. Then they get they get tested. They go over to um, fixed internal, which, by the way, this has been changed recently. Um, this was update. There were some stuff under fixed internal. Um, then they move them if they've been either part of 1.127 or a hotfix or whatever, they get moved to here. So like there are things like the social bug that I, you know, I think they should have fixed a long time ago, but there's probably a reason why they haven't. It's not it's not just about it needs downtime, like maybe that's part of it. But I think it was it's maybe a bigger bug than just like take the server down. You know, also patching is way more difficult than just take the server down 
click a button, bring it back up. You got to remember, there are multiple AWS instances that power this game. They all have to connect with one another. There's software that has to be, or the backend has to be updated on every single one. They have to bring the servers up. They have to make sure that it was tested internally first, and then they have to make sure that it's working as intended on live. Sometimes there are bugs, they have to bring it back down again. It's complicated. But I do think that they could be more transparent about this kind of stuff. Um, however, you know, saying that, Beeb has been responding consistently to messages in the official Discord about the social bug and when it's going to get fixed. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You know, sometimes you're going to get communication when you want it. Sometimes you're not. Whatever. So AK Extraterrestrial says, we also uh, don't know how much EA won't let them say anything until it's done. I imagine there's some level of restrictions there from the suits. Could be. I don't know the relationship between EA and Broadsword. Um, I, I don't know. We've talked about, you know, how it they possibly split revenue or how, you know, maybe there's some sort of incentive for Broadsword to continue making um uh, stuff uh, like microcurrency stuff like the 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 seasonal events like the merlof and the hats and you know i don't i just don't know the answer to that i don't know how involved ea is but it could be that ea is not letting them say anything i don't know could be that broadsword is just like broadsword has complete autonomy and they they're not you know they might have uh, the autonomy and the authority to do whatever they please but they are just not ready to talk about it um, Gear Bunny Classic says, I have my own internal version of something like Trello. I've got years of feedback ideas on it. Just about every idea I can get. I'm checking on things I've heard before. It's a great it's a great methodology to work through ideas and problems. Um, OK, so uh, moving on to the next topic real quick. Is the community aware of how dangerous statements are? Uh, like good luck trying to compete with XYZ are uh, the game has an established population, but statements like that push new players away. There are different types of population, different types of players. Every single game out there experiences this. This is not just about DAOC. You're going to log in to Apex Legends and you're going to end up with somebody who is going to kick the crap out of you because they're so good. Unless you're part of the the new ranked matching. But like it, it, this is still true today. You can go in and play, uh, you know, you can go play a normal match and go to a whole bunch of games that just have like one area, just one environment to play in. And there are always going to be people that are better than you. It's 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 just about like hitting the lottery, like whether you've got the amount of time, resources, energy, and also the competitive will to be able to get to that point. But I don't think it pushes new players away. I hope it encourages them to be better at the game or to spend more time in the game. But there's always going to be people that have a time advantage and that time advantage competes or, or turns into a competitive advantage. Most of the time, I also that's don't the I don't exactly know what that means either. Like, good luck competing with X, Y, and Z. Well, what is that X, Y, and Z in that case? Like, probably there's zoo. almost nothing. Okay, so good luck competing with Zoo. Okay, well, there's you know multiple other groups and multiple other people who you can fight, who you can compete with. And when it comes to people like you know one player that you're not going to be able to compete with, that's that. I mean, like Remick's saying, that goes for everything. That's not an issue of of um, you know. Good luck competing with Zoo. I, I, I don't know. Just just if you're if you care that much about being able to compete with that one player, take the time that he's put into that game and try and do it yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if that's what you're shooting for, you can you can get to the same level that any of these players are at if you're willing to put the dedicate the time and effort that they have. And there's a reason that they're at that level. If you can't dedicate your time, then no, you're probably not going to be able to compete with them in that, at that same skill level, because like I said, 20 years on you is kind of a hard thing to over to, to look at. You know what I mean? It's true about anything in life, right? You think lawyers yeah. go in and take cases, right, against really experienced attorneys. They're like, oh, screw that. 
Good luck. Good luck competing with that. Good, good luck going up against that attorney. They take it as a challenge. You have you have to, even if it means you're going to lose, you have to give it now being an attorney's, you know, there are good, good attorneys, bad attorneys. I don't know why I'm using this example, um, but this is true for anything. Coders, right? Getting a job, competing against other applicants for a job. This is true about anything in life. It shouldn't push you away. If 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 understanding that people are better at better than you at certain things pushes you away, then you're probably never going to find any success in life. You've got to recognize that there are always going to be people better than you. There are a lot of people that are way better than me at analyzing fights, right? The weekly recaps I do. There are people that know more about good placement and good group compositions and where people should have been than I do. They just don't make videos like that. They could, and I would encourage that. There are people that are way better than me at everything in life. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. And it's the way about probably you, if you're listening uh, in something in life, right? You might be, I'm beating a dead horse here. You understand what I'm saying. It's just, that's going to be true with anything that you face. Like point blank end of story. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I don't really know what that was getting to. Bammers, I'm not sure. Um, I had a question. Uh, one was last expansion. So last expansion was, I believe it was Darkness Rising, right? Which was 2006, right? Is that, or Labyrinth of the Minotaur? Labyrinth of the Minotaur, I think was the last expansion. Yeah. Okay, Labby in 2006. There you go. That was the last, uh, that was, this is a question that was submitted. Uh, when will we see DAOC advertise a new expansion to drop people back um, in like other games have done? We need real marketing to get to new people in this game, just an opinion. Um, everything here is an opinion. None of us are broadsword employees. Welcome to the club. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all, they're all opinions. Expansions are long gone. Expansions are just, it's just not a thing. Um, this game if it had an injection of money, maybe they would do an expansion. But at this point, it is, um, and maybe they will. Well, maybe they will at some point. It depends on the amount of success that whatever this new server brings. But um, I, I actually, Gear Bunny Classic says Dragon's Curse and Other Worlds campaigns might count. I don't really count. The, I think those, I guess maybe are loosely expansions, but I think of expansions as like a, a thing that you either buy or like an entire new area. I mean, the closest thing that might be an expansion to me is KM. I don't know. I don't think Cursed being a quest line is... I mean, it's, it, it's... I'm not trying to discount the amount of work that the developers did or how intricate it is, but... Yeah, maybe loosely those are expansions. I don't think you're going to see a boxed expansion. Well, not like you see boxed expansions or boxed add-ons anywhere anymore. Um, I don't think you're going to see that. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> I don't think I've seen a boxed expansion in my lifetime. Well, like there's like games like Arma 3 that have like as like uh, or, you know, um, flight sim, right? Where you add you add a plane or, you know, like you like you buy add ons yeah, to yeah, a yeah. game. You buy them in game, but I, I'm talking about like oh, a physical box. Yeah, no, I don't think I've seen that in my lifetime. Well, hold on. Ronder's got a bunch of these. That's hilarious. Uh, this is sealed. This is a sealed original edition 2001 copy of DAOC. That's hilarious. Sealed in the box in just about as good shape as they come. This is one of the first prints. Um, but that's fantastic. Pronder has even a better collection than I do. Pronder's got <laughs> such a baby. <laughs> Pronder has my God, he's he's collecting almost all of them. And he's got he even I think he has a TOA and a Shrouded Isle sealed or he has two now. What is it? Shrouded Isles or TOA? He's got TOA. I think he has sealed. 
It's pretty cool stuff. Anyway, that's what it used to look like. You used to go. I used to go to what was it wasn't GameStop. It was something before whatever it was called. And I used to that's where I what's where I bought my first copy of DAOC was at the store in the mall, whatever it was. So Bammers, that's what it looks like. Yeah, I don't think I don't that's think hilarious. so. I don't think there's going to be expansions. I, I think that we're into more frequent, smaller updates that bring quality of life improvements to the game. I personally think that's a way better system anyway. I do, too. I do, too. Oftentimes, when it comes to expansion-based games, you'll, you'll get this issue where the game gets stale and dry, and you're just waiting for the next expansion versus a game that's putting out consistently fun and good updates. Like, that's much more likely to keep me in a game than a game that I got to wait, you know, six, eight months up to a year to get, a, you know, an expansion or whatever. It's just, if you see no real changes, it's just not, it, it's going to get stale way quicker for me. But that's just me as a player. I know some people are different. Yeah. I know I, some people look forward to that big buildup, but that's that's just not me as a player. No, and I don't think it is. Um, the the generation of players, I'm, we're, I think I'm dating all of us. Maybe not you, Bammers, because you're kind of a unique piece of this. But um, <laughs> uh, but it, just in terms of age, right? I think I'm dating a lot of us that are like in in chat and certainly going to watch and hear this that have been part of this game for over a decade, even more. Is that the new generation of players want more frequent updates. Bammers is a great representation of that. They expect that from games. They expect iterations of things. So that's what you got to cater to if you're going to bring new players in. Um, in terms of advertisements, DAOC, you know, there. so there's a lot of players that advertise. Uh, this channel has an advertising budget. You might have seen... Um, you might have seen uh, uh, an ad that brought you to this today. You might have seen my ads for other stuff. There are other people. There's actually somebody on Facebook that is running ads as if they are the game right now. There's somebody that's like pretending to be like Dark Age of Camelot official that's actually running ads as if they are the developers. They're not the developers. What I was saying earlier, it's just I would much prefer the quick, quick, smaller updates and one large. That just maybe the level of the the level of impatience that comes with the youngest generation, but that's just a thought. Yeah, I agree. I I think you will see advertising. I think once the classic server or once they they launch this new project that they're working on, I think you will in fact see some advertising from Broadsword. But I, I don't think that they've done it. I don't think they've 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 done it because there's probably not a whole there's probably not a whole lot of reason to advertise when you're working on something so big. You got to like marketing 101 is you gotta you gotta give people a re there's gotta be a reason and not that the game as it stands right now isn't a reason enough to come back but it's not a reason to pour you know several thousand dollars plus a month into marketing when you could use that money to hire a body that can do work for you bring a person on board like an artist or another dev or something so budget's always going to be a factor. And if you, your budget doesn't allow for it, then it doesn't allow for it. There's not a whole lot you can really do about that. Yeah. Uh, patch Tuesday once a month for bug fixes would be great. I, I more patches are great. I just I, if there's not enough to be fixed, if there's not enough crucial stuff to be fixed and if the devs, it seems to me like the devs are working on a big project. I don't I you know, maybe once that's released, we could, you know, Broadsword could aim potentially for more frequent patches but as it stands right now i don't i don't see how that would accomplish anything once this is done and once this major like sort of weight is lifted off their shoulders i completely agree with pronder 
that um that patch that patches should be good patches should be or the the more frequent patches would be a good thing and there are tons of bugs little bugs small bugs that could be fixed here and there but there's other stuff that they're working on and i cut right now broadsword a lot of slack like i don't i'm not super critical because i understand that they are working on a very big project and it's not the biggest team in the world you know they're working on stuff we're just gonna give them time i think they deserve more credit than they get oh yeah i completely agree it it, sometimes it it irks me a little bit to hear how how much criticism they get when so much of it is unwarranted yeah i mean this is people who don't understand the development process right a development cycle who don't who have never worked in in uh or i mean it's not even that i mean people who are just patient in general but especially folks that are armchair developers that are like that that should be you should be able to fix that in 30 seconds why is it taking you six months and you don't clearly understand like how development works or why things take so long or how archaic this the 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 entire code base is for this game um anyway gear bunny classic points out mythic used to have hot fixes every few days just we thought the such and such style was doing too much damage so we lowered the growth rate 25 percent. that's where it becomes dangerous in my opinion i think it becomes a little dangerous when you start um you start messing with stuff on i could be wrong about that but balance they've spent so much time playing with balance and there's no team leads or knights anymore to influence some of those changes. I um, I like seeing less frequent balance changes to the game. Just give it time. Okay, really quickly, we're gonna add, we're gonna go back. Um, just briefly blow through these because this is gonna end up being, I think, the longest state of the game we've ever done. Um, I was about to say, I expected this to be over an hour ago. Yeah, sorry. Um, newsflash. Uh, they need to add pots to the mist store uh, for being held hostage or being held hostage on out by prop prices is stupid. So uh, somebody in chat pointed this out earlier. I should have given you credit. Um, so I want to add something to this. Go ahead. Before you're done. Take advantage of those prices. Go go on. Go like the people who are saying, you know, tournament rings and stuff are so expensive nowadays. That's how I got all my stuff. I logged on a shadow blade and I ran. Um, I ran otherworldly ore, or the, not the ore, the, uh, the the essences. And while I was doing that, you know, if you get kills, you're getting bounty points. Use those bounty points to buy those the little material boxes. Next thing you know, you've got enough plat. Then sell them at a, at a reasonable price, and they sell in in you know 15, 20 hours. Like they, you'll you'll sell like I would put you know 30, 40 set pots on the merchant and at, at like 12 plat a piece versus what they're selling them currently, which is 18, 20 in some cases, and they'd sell out in one day. You know what I mean? And then now you've got an apply just off that one, you know, two hour run that you did running, running potions or whatever to now buy a pen. And it's like, it's really not that hard to build up that plat if you just take the time to, to get an alchemist and, and do the, the two hour run or whatever. If you're making that kind of plat an hour, it's it's well worth the time time and commitment you're putting into it. That's just my thoughts on it. And if people are going to sell stuff for extreme prices, undercut all those people and you make tons of money for it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a there's a uh, an opportunity to I think to be that person that lowers the mar- the market price. You could totally. That's what I did on mid, and I made so much money. I made like six seven hundred plat in like less than four days. Yeah. Just by doing that, and that's how I bought all my pens. So I, I did it all on mid, and then I just transferred the plat cross realm. There you that's go. How I, that's how I got it, all my pens done. Um, there's a great opportunity for Albs if you're listening. If somebody wants to do that. Um, to to go because that it is true the the prices on an on Alp CMs are insanity right now they're insanity 
so and I did it mid was the hot spot, but if it's Alb now, do it on Alb. It, it doesn't matter. You can transfer the plat at the same rate across the realm, so it doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I would I, look when it comes to mithril items. I would love to see a cauldron. I'd lo- first off, I'd love to see cauldrons added uh, to to the mithril store. I'd love to see um, suprem. Uh, well, supremacies exist in draughts of conquest. Those are fine. Um, endo pots, water, water pots, maybe not so much unless you give me like a call. Ca- give me a cauldron near potion, please. God, give me a cauldron. Anything to clear up. Inv- I'm fine with paying. Don't give it any new ability, but I'm fine with paying with mithril to clear to gain more inventory space. Give me cauldrons. Give me the 99 or 200 use whatever uh, charge items and make me pay for them. I'm okay with that. I just I I, that I'd love to see different kinds of pots added. I think that's something they could do overnight and it's not pay to win. It's that argument doesn't fly for me. Pay to convene pay for convenience is not pay to win and people don't seem to realize that. And and pay it's and just not the same thing. Convenience is exactly what exists right now on this on the mithril store. It, they've set that precedent already, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you have a veteran subbed account, all of these things are available to you, one form or another. It just it's it is a matter of convenience, and every game that has microtransactions or um it it is there's usually, you know, they start at a point of convenience. Uh, Gear Bunny Classic says charges is probably max 127. I've never seen over 99, so it's probably a short end. I wonder um, how. What is? What about the eight? What about that eight draughts of Omni Regen that they gave out years ago? They do it every Christmas. It just came out again. Yeah, but how many? How many charges do you get out of that? Well, what's eight times thirty? So yeah, so it's it's That's how many? It it's is. okay. So it's more than 127. So there, there is, there is in fact a way for uh, Gear Bunny Classic was just mentioning uh, just based on math because there's a, there's actually some really uh, interesting information about like max plat and how integers play a role in that. Um, but uh, oh, there's there's there they have 300 uses each. They're stacked pots. Still, well, I don't know if they might be stacked. I think if you if you delve it, it's more than the delve is. I think 300 it's actually uses. 290. I could be is wrong. Is it 290? But I think it's 290. Okay. So anyway, but for- there's no reason that you can't do that exact same thing with water pots. Sell an eight draught of water pots. If it's stacked pots that you're you're talking about, just do the exact same thing with water pots. Yeah, I would love to. I would pay using Mithril. I'd pay for that in a heartbeat. And I think that's something that they should do. And I think it would help. It would help circumvent some of what's happening in housing. Look, I'll, I'll I will oftentimes just as a matter of convenience, I will go to uh, um, the Mithril merchant in TNN. Or I'm there already to buy um, a 50% RP pot and I'll pick up a draw to conquest because it's just easier for me than having to go to housing to deal with CMs that might be full even after the patch, trying to scroll through pages, paying for an upcharge. Just saying 200 240 charges with Stolars and uh, Icomato says so. OK, either way, whatever the max is, bring bring those pots to the mithril store. You'd make a killing and. I, uh, I will definitely be one of your biggest customers. Um, do we think we need more regulated patch schedule to look at things or fix things, i.e. guards and some class balance? I'd love to see them take a look at some RAs. So, yes, I do think that's would be great. I just think that there's other stuff that's happening. You know, it, 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 every kind of everything is 
and I'm not going to limbo. I keep saying limbo in these state of the games. Limbo is not the right way of describing it. There's just so much that's happening at the moment with the development of this new stuff that we kind of have to like take a step back and recognize that they're working on other stuff. And um, in a perfect world, I would love to see some of these bug fixes happen on a more regular basis. But as it stands right now, like, do I here's a fair criticism, I think. Do I think that they should bring the servers down and fix the, so, fix the social bug? Yes, I think they should do that. I think that's worth I think that's worth six hours of downtime. I really do. I think that is well worth it at this point. How far we are. Yes. Um, I think that they've waited too long on that. That's a criticism I have, but there's other stuff that has like popped up since the most recent, like 1.126 and 1.127 that haven't been fixed. And it's just a matter of like, is it going to delay the classic server by a week? Then maybe it's not worth it. I don't know. I, again, I'm not, I'm not broadsword. I just stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Like I have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Um, okay. It could also simply not be a delay issue. It could just simply be like, uh, if I fix it now, we're going to have to fix the exact same issue when the classic server launches. Sure. Because if you yep. change it to this in this system, then it, it may just be a waste of time. So we don't want to waste that time for no reason, you know? Um, you know, this is... See, I talked... I keep talking about all of this, like, this different... These different pieces of information that lead me to believe that something else is happening with this classic server. Why is the social bug broken? Why is social broken? What would have caused social yeah, to break? And and on top of that, I mean, if you you brought up maybe, you know, maybe like you referenced the downtime thing. I mean, didn't they just bring the server down like a couple days ago? Why didn't they implement it then? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, well, I there think was opportunities at, right. at multiple different points to have done it if that was an issue of downtime and they never did it for that that time either. These, so if that's the case. These are just rumors, right? Like, I want to be very clear. Speculation. This is just speculation, complete and total speculation. But... I, I I agree with Bammers here. There's something. There's a lot of these little things to me that point to something bigger that's happening. I don't know what it is, but I I'm I'd be willing to put my finger on a major recode of the back end of the game, or something to do with an upgrade to the Herald that they've been talking about. Maybe there was something with social. They're building a new feature onto the Herald that's part of this new server launch or maybe something that's part of the Herald and it broke because, you know, they're waiting on some other shoe to drop and they don't they won't fix it until it does. I don't know. It's it's a it's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. Your Bunny Classic says either somebody something is going on or everybody's working only 10 hour weeks, 10 hours on DAOC, 10 hours on UO. Enjoy your spare time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome and funny but uh you know i, I think i know you're joking and I, I i doubt it also there are people that are there are shared resources of broadsword between uo and daoc and there are people that are dedicated to one project or, or another so um the folks that are doing i think a lot of the heavy lifting so uo just launched a brand new i think i think they call it a shard of their own they launched a brand new thing they did a ton of they literally rebuilt the back end of uo for this like they did it, it, it this is the other thing that like piques my curiosity right they just did this for uo in fact if we go to the uo website this is it right here we have completely rethought reworked and redesigned several core gameplay experiences with the goal of rekindling the classic feel of uo based on keeping the true roots of ultima as an rpg here so completely custom rule set server 
it's it's been it's they rewrote a ton of code for this and it doesn't i mean it it it, it tells me that they're i just there's so many things that point to them doing something bigger with classic i don't know we're gonna find out here but maybe they used uo i'm pointing my my chapstick at you maybe they um maybe there's a hint here that we can follow okay um prounder says my money is betting uh that they are doing for daoc what they did for uo me too me too speaking of um here somewhat soon i'd like to do a 24-hour live stream Ooh, that'd be fun oh so by the way um really quick plug because bammers has been amazing super helpful with all of this um and and our first guest on the state of the game uh bammers tell us about your twitch channel my twitch channel is twitch.tv forward slash bammers i will post a link to it in disc and on discord in uh in the twitch chat i mean it's basically just dark age i mostly stream on smaller scale i don't usually do any of the zerg stuff i mostly do solo small man i do a lot of solo stuff on my stream um it's a lot of fun i the the number one thing i i hope to bring with my stream is just a flow of new players coming in and a flow of information between players. I love the the conversations that are that are kind of spawned in chat about how to, where to go, how to get better, that kind of stuff. Have asking questions about things I do and don't do. Um, that's like what makes streaming fun for me. It brings a social aspect to the smaller scale of gaming for, of of the game for me, and uh, I think it encourages a lot of good. But that's pretty much it. Very thank nice. you very much for the for the little shout out, Ramic. No, hey, um, thank you for joining me tonight. Um, I a lot I, of fun. It was a lot of fun. I can't thank you guys enough. I also have to thank our Patreon supporters. It is the best place by far to support what we're doing. This stream, the giveaways, all of the, 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 the custom content and all of the things that are coming out of twitch.tv slash Ramakokan and Ramakokan.com are funded in a huge part by Patreon supporters. A special thank you to Siambra and Pronder for being Beard Crew members. That's the highest level of support. It's a huge commitment every month. And to Pronder and Siambra, couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you so, so much. To Borgio, to Beeb, and to Nargothron, thank you for being the It's Not Over Tier 3 crew. Greatly appreciate that. Um, Nargothron's brand new to that tier. Uh, to Bellamar and McPherson for being our tier two saving the game uh, crew. Thank you so, so much. And Andrew Stoops, Arcanix, AKA Extraterrestrial, God Demon, Neo Matrix, Ollie, Keed, Veneer, Violin, and Bloodcore. Thank you guys so, so much for hanging out with me. Until next time, be safe, wear a mask, take care, and be safe out there. Ciao.